Welcome back to The Host by Tori Show. We are on regularly scheduled programming, and I'm finally home for the next few weeks before the wedding, and it feels so, so good to be back. We'll do a little recap before getting into the podcast Q&A. So Thursday night, so I got back on Thursday, like early afternoon from New York, And then Thursday night, I went to help out at an event at Free People Movement where my friend Nicole hosted a run with Hoka. To be honest, I was so beat from this past week. I couldn't fully show up like I wanted to, but I was still happy to go and serve some tasty Gia spritzes and meet some gals in the Austin community. So if you are listening and came out, thank you for coming out. Friday, Cam and I had a very chill night in, Um, have been getting a ton of new stuff on our registry and just got a sous vide and Cam has loved experimenting with that. So did that and watched Game of Thrones, obviously. Saturday, we had a dinner party planned that night. So most of the morning was spent prepping and I tend to be overly ambitious with hosting at times, which is exactly what you do not want to do. But I did a bunch of morning prep, including chicken marinade, made the mac and cheese, which I put in the refrigerator to bake later. And then I made dessert. And you guys, I made a banana peanut butter cake from Ambitious Kitchen, who is one of my favorite like healthier bloggers. And it was so good. It was my first time making a cake and I thought it was so bomb. Cam loved it, which is kind of like my test because with healthier things, he's usually iffy on, but that made me super happy. And I just love hosting and bringing people together so much. It just like made my heart happy. Anyway, Cam has his bachelor party this weekend. So I get a nice solo weekend for some wedding prep, aka a hydrofacial haircut, some pool time, chill. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And other than that, I guess I do not have too much else to report on. So today we have a solo Q&A episode for you where I'm going to share more about me and the questions that you have. And to me, a podcast is a way to just be more intimate with your followers and community. And I like to do it in this format versus putting everything onto social media and my podcast people are my people. So let's get into questions. So first one is, do you still drink alcohol? Yes, I still drink alcohol. And my focus is really to provide a space for people where they don't feel like they need alcohol in every type of social situation, or they don't need to revolve their lives around alcohol. And the reason why I put it that way is because society for so long has centered a lot of our social activity around drinking. And I want to debunk that it has to be alcohol in your glass. Why does it matter what people are drinking when we're hanging out? And that's the whole premise of like what I'm trying to do and inspire people about. That being said, I love the way not drinking it makes me feel, but I do want to lean into alcohol when I am craving it. And so that's why I've kind of coined this term zero proof forward. Some people call it damp lifestyle. I personally don't love the damp lifestyle term. And I like zero proof forward, which means the majority of the time I do not drink, but there are occasions when I do. And I will say that when I do drink alcohol and have more than I like probably want, I'm definitely reminded why I don't like drinking as much. For example, some people are familiar with the margarita story where I had one of the strongest margaritas I've ever had in Austin at this restaurant, Donata, which is a bomb restaurant. And the next day 
I had so much podcast and other work to do and I felt horrible. And I was like, God, why did I do that? Um, why did I do like, I was just so annoyed with myself. I ended up moving on and it was fine. But those are the moments I kind of remember of like, yes, this does not make me feel good. And I'm reminded of that. Next question. Why did you move? So for those that are not familiar, I moved to Austin in June of last year. We moved my fiance and I from San Francisco. I was there for three years. He was there for two years. And before that we were in New York city, Manhattan. And so there are kind of a variety of reasons why we moved. The first being just for more space, like being in New York and and San Francisco, two of the most expensive cities in the US, we hadn't lived in like a nice apartment or nice house for a while. Our home in San Francisco was nicer in the sense that I like loved the space that we created, but it was 600 square feet. It was a one bedroom apartment for two people that were working serious jobs at home. And so that doesn't create a lot of space for being able to work out because it was COVID during the time, be in that space and cook and all that. And so space was definitely in cost of living was, you know, one of the bigger factors. And I think for us, we thought a lot about where do we want to be longer term? It's interesting. Like Cam and I both grew up in in cities that were we know that we're not probably going to go back to. And being in New York and San Francisco, they're very transitory cities in the sense that a lot of people come and go and a lot of people aren't necessarily going to stay there. And so it feels hard to make friends there potentially who you know will you know, either move or you know that you'll move. And so what we wanted to think more critically about was like going to a place where we could start and build a foundation on and be there for the long term and see ourselves for the long term. And so when we thought more about that, Austin was very top of mind for me just because I went to school in Texas at TCU, more Dallas-Fort Worth area, and had visited one of my friends who grew up in the Austin area during college and had visited a couple other times and just like really loved the vibe of the city. And I know there's going to be those like Austin haters who of people who moved from California, but like I just loved it and it felt so on brand. Cam is someone who likes to do a little bit more research than I do. I'm very rash. And like when I think of something and I see it and it meets all the criteria that I want, I want to lean in and kind of decide right then and there. Cam is much more methodical and wanted to do more research on different cities in the US that we could potentially move to. And just a caveat, none of this would have been possible if either our jobs remote or distributed. So our our jobs during COVID made the kind of made the call that you could be distributed in terms of where you work. So none of this would have been possible without that. But we looked at a couple other cities. We looked at Nashville, we looked at Phoenix, and ultimately decided that Austin was where we wanted to move, even though it had gotten a bit more expensive. And we moved in June of last year. I don't know if people know about the saga of us not getting our stuff for two months because our moving company would not be in touch with us. But if you were moving cross-country, let me tell you not who not to move with for movers. Okay. Curious to know more about your main job slash side hustle slash balance. And if they know about HBT, AKA host by Tori, great question. So I have a corporate job that I love. Um, 
work at a tech company and been there for about four years. I absolutely love it. I love everything that the job brings me in terms of both personal and professional growth and the way it fulfills me in a way that you know I, I can't get elsewhere and love my team. And so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I've tended to be someone who always has a side hustle for better or for worse. Had one in New York, you know, kind of started this in San Francisco, had something when I was in college. And for me, I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is other than like, I wish I could just relax. I wish I could just do my job, hang out with friends, sit on the couch and watch TV on a random night. And I just like can't do it. And I don't know. There's always been a part of me that's been fulfilled by food expertise and a gastronomical experience. And like that part of me has felt that I haven't been able to necessarily fulfill that with my current job. And so this side hustle host by Tori, everything I do here is, you know, not related to what I do in my day to day, but is definitely just like a passion project. It's having a mission of wanting to inspire people to lead a life that doesn't have to include alcohol all the time that can be more creative that can reimagine hosting all of that gets me like really excited about where this movement is going and why I want to continue to prioritize it but I've been thinking a lot more lately around the pressure I put on myself to grow as a creator how to grow a following how to grow a brand how to grow and monetize and I come back to the roots of why I want to do this it's because it's fun and because I enjoy the conversations that I have with people. And I don't want to put as much pressure on myself as I think I have in the past, just for my own mental health. And for me, a lot of the creators that I see out there are putting out content to put out content and it's not inspiring. And I don't want to ever feel like I need to just put out things to grow, to grow in social media, just to like you know, feed into the algorithm. I want it to feel really authentic. And so I think I've kind of stepped back over the past month or so and just really thought about like my purpose and why I want to keep doing it. And so that's my kind of rationale. And I am getting, you know, married in three and a half weeks. And I know you guys are sick of me talking about this probably, but that wedding planning in and of itself has been a lot to kind of have also on the back burner on the weekends and spend a lot of time in. And not to complain, like it's been great. It's just been another thing that's been on my to-do list every weekend. And so those things tied together and also wanting to make friends and prioritize friendships and also meet new people and also relax. Like it's a lot. It's not going to lie. It's it's a lot. I'm just trying to be real with like, I can put on a face on social media and show up, but it can be hard. And I want to be there for you guys. I don't want to keep doing a lot of this, but I also want to find a balance for myself too. And I find that when I don't put as much pressure on myself to do this, that's when there is more inspiration for me in terms of being more creative and and what I want to share with you guys. So that's pretty much that. I mean, the do does my corporate job know about Host by Tori? A lot of people follow me on here. A lot of people know about it. I think, you know, is if you're continuing to get your work done and perform at a certain level, then side hustles and passion projects should be welcomed and uh, also empower people to do those things cuz people can have people can have passions outside of just work and that's really what this is 
Okay. How hard is it to start being sober curious? I want to try, but then have an event coming like a wedding, a party, et cetera. This was a question from someone. I know it can definitely be hard and there's always an excuse, right? Like there's always something coming up that you either want to drink at, or you feel like you need to drink at. The real question that I would have for someone is if you want to start being sober curious, that should start coming with, you know, from you within, like it's not, no one's forcing you to do it. It should be that if you want to do it, you should want to do it for those reasons. And my recommendation is just to start small. Look into some non-alcoholic spirits if you want to make sure that you have a drink with you, if that's what's going to help you and, and holding that drink in a social situation or just participating and being there. There are a ton of non-alcoholic recommendations that I have, but I think sticking to your why and on why you're wanting to do this is going to be the most important thing because ultimately this is just something that you want to do for yourself. And I think thinking of the benefits and rationale on why you think that this is going to be good for you and make this sort of change and coming back to that will be the way that you're able to try it and see if you like it. I think the thing about being sober curious too is that no one's forcing you to be sober if you're wanting to try this, right? It's an I, it's an opportunity for you to explore a life that doesn't have as much alcohol and how that makes you feel. And then you can decide, okay, based on you know, the past months or years or weeks of me trying this, like, how do I feel? Do I like it? Do I like how I'm put in social situations? Do I like how it's making me feel physically? Do I like how it's making me feel mentally? And making those decisions for yourself after that. And I think it's non-committal, which is the kind of best part about it too. Next question is, how do you like Austin? Do you see yourself there longer term? So like I said, the intention for us was to move somewhere that we would hopefully be longer term, but who knows, right? No one knows how the workforce is going to be in terms of where jobs are in the long term. Things could definitely change, but I love Austin. And I almost don't want to like say that because I don't want everyone to know how amazing it is because I don't want everyone to move here and make it more crowded than it already is, even though I am that person. But it's so great. Like it's, and I know the people who've been here for a while will say that it's changed so much, but it's just an awesome city. The people are so welcoming. They just want to chat with you. If you go to a coffee shop, I have this like New York hustler in me at all times, trying to move as fast as possible, get to the next thing, no time for dilly-dallying. And you get to a coffee shop and the barista asks you, how are you doing? And I'm like taken aback sometimes. I'm like, I'm great. How are you? And they're like, yeah, not too bad. you know. And they start talking about something and it's like, wow, th- those small things, that's how Austin is everywhere. Like The people are so welcoming. They're welcome to the change. They're open. They're nice. They're inclusive. We've already met so many good friends or what I would think would be really good friends longer term. And I absolutely love that about it. I will say the things to do, there's so many different things to do. There's trails, there's workout classes, there's hikes that you can go on. There's amazing restaurants, both like small taco, cheap taco trucks and with so many food trucks. But then there's also like bougie high-end restaurants, so many different ones to try. There's in when it's nice out, there's so many different water activities. So Barton Springs is amazing. Town Lake has 
paddleboarding and kayaking and all these different water activities for you to do. There's so many different types of like shows that you could go to, shows, concerts, etc. And then because of UT being here, there's football, there's basketball, all the things. And like the college town aspect is also really fun. So I really like that. And then the weather, I know this is like probably controversial for some people, but I love Texas weather. It's so random, but generally like my view is that I like hot weather. And so the ability to do things year round for the most part is really important to me and not having like a horrible winter just because I love to get outside and go on walks even when it's like mid-January. But then in the summer, I just love it being hot, even though it can be really hot. Okay, next question. What gets you most excited to work on? I'm assuming this is for HBT. I will say that like most recently, the podcast has been most fulfilling, even though it's the most work. Like It's so much work, which is why I have been probably not like, I don't want to say lacking on other content, but like the podcast is a ton of work. You have to think about who you want on the podcast. You have to reach out to them, follow up to reach out to them. You have to do a prep doc. You have to record the podcast, edit the podcast, put together social media for the podcast, like and market it, all the back end. It's a lot, but it's so fulfilling. And that's why I like it so much because you're having something that's like living and breathing. It's not just on social media. It's actually having a longer form conversation about something that's like so meaningful. And I think bringing on people who have completely different views on either alcohol and how it goes through relationships or work or career or brand building or any of those things is such is such like interesting topics to talk about and just meet interesting people too and hear from you and what you guys want to talk about. But I think podcasting is definitely the thing that's been like most exciting to work on. How to not feel guilty for drinking or ruining a streak of not drinking and to not think of it as all or nothing. So this question like really hits home. I think it's an important one to talk about because it's definitely a gray area. And a lot of what I want to talk about is like surrounding this gray area around sober curiosity and zero proof forward. How I'll give my view on it because I am, you know, I'm no expert. I'm not giving advice on any of this, right? I'm not a medical professional. Is that the right term? So when I first started my sober curious journey and in the first episode that I did, I talk about going from sober curious to zero proof forward. And I first started this journey and made this Instagram, which was Make My Mocktails at the time. And I found a community that were, for the most part, not drinkers. And I was making a bunch of really creative, non-alcoholic cocktails. And it was really fun. That's like how I started. And I almost felt as though if I had a drink, I was going to be like letting down my community and that I had branded myself as someone who was a non-drinker. And I also kind of got a high off of this like streak of not drinking. I was like, oh my gosh, I've gone 60 days. I've gone 90 days. And I think the streak for certain instances, whether that's like sobriety or things like that can be really helpful. But in the case for me of just wanting to experiment with being sober curious, I got to a point where I felt as though it was limiting me and putting artificial constraints on something 
that didn't need to happen. And what I mean by that is like, I was craving, I I remember we were at my fiance's parents in Atlanta and I was craving a margarita. And I was like, oh, but you know, I've been 90 days. I can't have this margarita. And it was like, okay, let's back up a second. This is not the point of what I'm doing. The point is to like show people that you can have a lifestyle where alcohol is not the main focus, where you don't need it every time you go to dinner or every social situation. It's not that I can never have a drink again because for me, I'm I'm not sober. And I think that reframe for me was really helpful. And it's it's not about the streak for me that's important. It's about the overall days generally that I feel so good and leaning more into that versus a specific number And the gray area can be hard, but you have to think about it more as like, you need to live your life in this instance. I want to live my life in a certain way, and I don't want to put constraints on it for no reason. And so I know myself much better than I did about a year and a half ago related to this. And I know that I feel really good without alcohol. Like I feel freaking amazing, but there are going to be instances where I'm going to want that drink. And I probably am going to have some ramifications for it, but I'll have one or two and I'll enjoy it. And that's what I'll enjoy it for. And that's that. And I, and Georgia Perkins, who is one of my friends who I interviewed a couple episodes ago, she talks about the topic of not giving alcohol so much power. And that's really resonated with me in the sense of like, if I don't give alcohol that much power, it can't control me in a way that like my whole day is ruined by it. And so that's been my reframe. Where do you want to take the podcast? What types of guests are you looking for? So, oh man, where do I want to take the podcast? Like, first, I want to pour a lot more of my time into this in terms of the type of content that I'm putting out. And I'd like to just continue to grow downloads. It sounds so simple, but it takes a lot for people to convert into listening to your podcast. It's really interesting, actually. It's like, okay, you have a certain following on Instagram or TikTok, and then you a certain amount of those will like watch your stuff or engage with your stories or reels, et cetera. And then a certain amount of those will actually go to your website or go listen to your podcast. And so it's actually really hard to like convert people into it and just being completely honest, right? It's It takes a lot. And I think a lot of people at first are like, why do I want to listen to a podcast on like sober curiosity? It's not that interesting. But the idea is to have interesting conversations that can talk about this, can reimagine hosting that are on more of a variety of topics relating to alcohol, but it does not at all need to be the main focus. And so I think continuing to grow downloads and promote the show is really what's going to be most important for me and getting guests that I can just have really authentic and interesting conversations with. And They don't need to be the biggest names in the entire world. It's that I just want to have people on that can have different perspectives across a variety of topics. So if you have any guests in mind, let me know. Can you explain how you first started being more mindful around drinking with friends, family? How did your fiance react when you wanted to go more sober curious? So this is probably like not as good of an answer, but there was really like not a big change for me. Over the past like two years or so, I've really changed the way that I like go out and hang out with friends in the sense that I'm not taking shots and going out to bars until 
2 a.m. Like I'm cooking dinner with Cam and having a drink and we're watching a show and then going to bed. I mean, that's like a lazy night, but on a typical like going out night for us, it would be, you know, going to a a cocktail bar and I'd get a non-alcoholic drink and then going to dinner and then coming home or going to a dinner party at friends or going out to dinner with another couple or a friend or kind of a house party where I'm at for a couple hours. So the ways that I go out are very different than probably five, six years ago, which I feel like has made this transition for me a lot more possible, just to be completely honest. How I hang out with friends now is that if I'm going over to their place, I just bring my non-alcoholic drinks. I bring a Gia Spritz. I bring some athletic brewing. And having my drinks there makes me way more comfortable knowing that I'm going to have something that I'm going to be able to enjoy with people while I'm there. And same thing with my family too. My parents have Seedlip, they have Gia at the house, they have athletic brewing. They've really, you know, kind of supported and leaned into having those drinks available for me, even though they're, you know, drinking regular alcoholic drinks the most of the time. And so it hasn't been too much of a change. I would say when I first told Cam that I wanted to go more sober curious, he was like totally fine with it, which was really interesting because a lot of our activities historically had been more around alcohol in the way of like trying out new cocktail bars or going to Napa when we lived in San Francisco. And so that piece has like changed a bit maybe that we don't seek out as many like cocktail bars anymore, but he's all in. He definitely drinks, but he'll also have a Gia or athletic brewing and likes trying more of like the spritz or non-alcoholic beer options. Okay. Two more questions. Are you going to drink at your wedding? So am I going to drink at my wedding? Yes. I am going to drink at my wedding, but I am going to be very selective with what I drink at my wedding. We're doing a, you know, a champagne tower situation. So that'll be something that I will definitely toast and participate in. We have some signature drinks. The one that we're having is like one of my favorite cocktails ever. It's called a smoking margarita. It's a drink that we have at our club where I'm getting married in Scottsdale and it's like a mezcal margarita and it's amazing. And I'll definitely have one of those, but I'm not going to be drinking into the depths of the night. I'll probably have a couple. We're having some Gia spritzes there. So I'll probably have some of that. But for me, drinking at my wedding is something that I want to do. I don't feel pressure to do, but I'll want to do. And how I think about it is like selective experiences around drinking. And this is going to be one of them. And the last question is my dream partner brand. So my dream partner brand is probably Gia. I love Gia so much. They are just amazing. Generally, they do gift me a lot of product, but I genuinely think it that it is one of the best non-alcoholic drinks on the, like in the market given the sophistication of the drink and everything that's poured into it from a branding perspective as well. So I love them. I love their mission and everything that they're doing there. I think athletic brewing in a much bigger way I would love. And probably one of like the home brands like Crate and Barrel or West Elm. All right, guys, that is a wrap. Thank you for sending in those questions. It was fun to just kind of sit here and have some questions to riff on and give a little update on me and Sober Curious, my brand, work, a little personal stuff. So thank you. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. 
As you know, I am not a specialist and I'm not trained to give advice whatsoever. These are just my own personal thoughts and conversations. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the show if you can. It helps so, so much. And feel free to find me on social channels, Post by Tori. See ya! See ya!